Chickity check, check, check. Microphone check, check, microphone. Welcome to LFG 1904 Show. It's your boy, B. Graf. <laughs> yeah! Dude, okay, everybody. Had to do an impromptu episode. Fucking Rafa doing meal preps. Dustin moving into his new crib. But the fucking homie is out here from Florida on a flash trip. And I had to do an episode with him. So... This is going to be me and, and my boy, Brandon Cuptill. That's right. What's up, dude? How you doing? You Pull the mic in a little closer. Get in there, Bubba. You got all sweaty with me a little while ago. I did, dude. <laughs> we were on track wellness out in Point Loma. Shout out to all the guys over there. Uh, we they, did. They fuck you up and then they feed you. Yeah. It was like, inc- how good is that? It was incredible. I got my ass beat like a drum set for an hour. It was fucking, I, I feel so good, though. It's the endorphins after training. There's nothing, there's nothing like it. Not, Not even drugs. Not even drugs. It's like. And especially because I've, I've been, like, self-deprecating on the fact that I put on all this weight and, like, doing that gnarly amount of cardio fucking... Yeah. Reminds you, like, oh... I'm still a man. I don't have to do this. Yeah. This this is here, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. And this it's such a better way. Like you were saying, like, you want to run on a treadmill for an hour or do you want to fucking roll and fight train? Fight for your life get, for an hour. Exactly. <laughs> fight for your life. To, and just so everybody knows, we did a little... Uh, we did the... Oh, you explain it. Okay. <laughs> you explain so it. So for those of you that don't follow me on social media, big up 619, you totally should. You um, should. You should definitely do that. I, uh, I moved to Florida a couple months ago, and I work in a bar called uh, Flagler Tavern in New Smyrna Beach. Shout out to the tavern. Uh, biggest uh, purveyor of alcohol in the area. Um, second behind Daytona International Speedway. So we do business there. Yeah. So... Uh, it's, I tell people this, so San Diego folks, especially if you've been around for a while, you'll get it if I put it like this. We have a menu that makes us like Mr. A's until about 9 o'clock. And then at 10, it turns into PB Bar and Grill Circuit 2010. <laughs> so it's a, it's a party. So we oh, were yeah. right in between those times, and uh, I had a guy sitting at a table or at a booth by himself, and he had been there. I get there at 6 to close. This is about 8.30, quarter to 9, maybe a little bit later. The server's cut. I mean, she's going home from work, and she comes up to me. She's like, yo, when you go check on that table, um, I cut him off over an hour ago. I dropped the check over half an hour ago. He's just sitting there drinking water, bobbing to his headphones, long-haired uh, native kid, probably about 25 years old, 5'10", 185. Um, kind of like a little bit shorter version of Will Okay, from class. So uh, I walk over to the table. I tap, tap him. I'm like, hey, bro, like, you know, Brittany's getting ready to leave. Um you're more than welcome to stay here. Drink all the water you want. Listen to your headphones. We got karaoke starting. It's Tuesday. We do karaoke on Tuesdays. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, he just kind of ignores me, and but he's like staring off, like thousand yard stare, like straight ahead. And so, get a little more aggressive, and you know, start start asking him to pay the check, and he's mumbling a little bit, and he's reaching into his pockets to. Uh, I, I'm assuming they either pull out cash or pull out his wallet. And he does that two or three times, and I'm watching his hands. Um, and then after probably like three or four minutes into the altercation, he reached, um, instead of reaching into his pocket, he reached into his waistband. And as he pulled out, uh, he pulls out uh, what I see to be the handle of a pistol. So I immediately, you know, grab wrist control, um, control control him, and drive uh, the weapon, which it was. It was a forty caliber pistol, into uh, into his crotch, and then... You go from two-on-one to one-on-one, which means 
I went from two hands on on one wrist to one hand on one wrist, and then I used the other hand to grab his neck. Tripped him over, all just like I showed you guys in class, tripped him over onto the floor to neon belly as I used a wrist lock to pull the weapon out of his hand, and then I pulled the mag out, made sure there wasn't one in the chamber, which there wasn't, which probably saves his face. <laughs> and then I looked at him, and I told him if he moved, I was going to cave his fucking face in. And then we uh, we scooped him up and put him in a chair and waited for the cops to show up. So Fucking gnarly. Real life, real life jujitsu in a real life scenario. And... Didn't and I I've heard this story and his mom showed up and said that like he's having some mental health issues yeah. and like could have been an active shooter. Absolutely. It, the more crazy. we thought about it as a, collectively as a group at the bar, we were like, man, this guy was sat here alone for hours. First few hours, he was drinking double Hennessy. Ugh. Sat sitting alone in a booth. You know, for all intents and purposes, it sounds like he was trying to build up the nerve. Right. You know, and then when he was confronted he probably was running out of options and so he thought that okay i guess it's time and like i said in class i truly believe that this is one of those kids who has lived their life probably through a video game screen with a headset on or on the internet you know on discord or reddit or any of those platforms that let you just run your mouth with no consequence and as soon as someone put a hand on him he understood that words he's not that guy yeah <laughs> it, but know, that guy was here <laughs> yeah exactly because he like he all but complied you know like he didn't really i mean if he fought me i didn't feel it yeah you know and like i said i didn't press any other charges um he was charged with carrying the weapon and pulling it out but i didn't i could have yeah filed a complaint had him charged with like aggravated assault attempted murder any anything that they decide they want to throw at him but that's right. like i said like i said in class that's not my job no i, I, I was i'm I'm a sheepdog. I'm not a judge. I'm not the police. I'm a sheepdog. My job is to protect the sheep. So that's what I did. I do it again. Even though the sheep piss you off. Every day. <laughs> All of them. You're welcome. Oh, man. <laughs> that's what I love about your the content you put out is just unadulterated and just honest. And, like, that's honesty is such a lacking thing in this fucking society right it now. Is. Like. And being able to filter out what the truth is. Yeah. The, the worst thing for me to ever be called is a hypocrite. Yeah. So I got to say what I mean. I got to mean what I say. Um, and if you can call me one, good fucking luck. Right. Good luck. And and a lot of people will go, oh, you're a hypocrite because one time you said this. Yeah, all right. I changed my fucking mind, moron. <laughs> That's also a thing. I'm not still dying on this hill. <laughs> exactly. Like So as you grow and mature as a person and you have more life experience, you better change your perspective. Or else you are even dumber than I thought. You know, if if you really think you knew it all when you were 25, just go jump off the fucking Grand Canyon. <laughs> like, you're not doing anybody any favors. I just went there. It's it's real big. <laughs> it's real grand, <laughs> dude. So we're w- tell me about on tr- on track wellness because I went I walked through there and in the gym there's a PR record board. Guess who has every <laughs> single record, you prick? That, yes. So. Every P, every house PR is yours. Correct. Except so. for the row. I noticed that. Yeah. You didn't do the 1K or the 3K row. Well, you don't, you're too good for cardio? Uh, yeah. <laughs> is someone, ch- someone going to chase me in a rowboat? <laughs> then I'll practice rowing. What the fuck do I care? <laughs> Fair well, enough. Want to hear something funny? Yes. I could put my old lady on that rower and she'd, have, she'd set the PR. Yeah? Yeah. She's a, uh, she was an on track, or not on track, she was a Orange Theory junkie. Oh, fuck. And like they row. They row. And she's got a huge, she has a swimmer's back. 
Oh. <laughs> so when she gets on that, and then she's super competitive. Right. So she would literally legit go she's like. with you, dog. Right. She'd go, to the, <laughs> she'd go to the Orange Theory classes and find the fucking gnarliest dude there and be like, I'm going to outrow that guy. <laughs> and then she would. Right. And, like, and if she couldn't, she'd come home pissed. So she went to the one right there uh, down a, the street. Yeah, she's a plank holder there. She was one of the original members of the so, Point Loma. My old roommate, which we had a mega falling out, she was an instructor there for fuck a while. Fuck her. Yeah, fuck her. What's her name? I'm not going to do that. Well, tell, tell me offline. I will. I'll probably, I, she, they probably know each other. <sighs> <I'll tell you. laughs> Dude, not fucking gnarly falling out. While I was like at the end of my run. Oh, okay. So I'll tell you the story okay. on the way back. <laughs> so, is that your first gym? No, no. So, City Heights was the first gym. Okay. And then IB was the second gym. Oh, IB? Yeah. And then while those were open is when Nate and I met. Okay. So Nate and Eric on tra- on track wellness, and those dudes are fucking awesome. They uh between like we were talking about in the car between them. I don't want to mess the number up, but between the two of them, between eight and ten, traditional martial art black belts. Fucking temple karate, Japanese jujitsu, a bunch of other shit I can't pronounce. Like a lots of karate. That was the first thing I saw. I was like, damn. Yeah. And they have a really big uh, kids and teens. Karate. They have a demo team. They have all this shit about karate that, like, we remember when we were kids. Right. Like, they do all that stuff still. Awesome. And um, Eric is only 30. I think he's 30. He might be older. You know when you get to a certain age? Everybody's then, fucking well, 30. Well, no, you get to a certain age and you're like, well, they, he, they were, like, 29, and so now they must be 30. But, like, yeah, bro, they were 29, like, five years ago. <laughs> like, like, to me, Will is still, like, 22. That dude's, like, 30-something now. But I've known him <laughs> since he was a teenager. No so, way. Yeah, so Will and, Will and I go back to, I think he was a freshman at State. Damn. Matt. Yeah, he used to work for me. He's very interesting. He's a super good kid. Yeah. He's followed he followed me everywhere I went. So he when I was training at Throwdown, he started to do a throwdown. When I left to go train to at Paul Silva's, he came to Paul Silva's. When I left to open Honu, he came and he, and never left me. Damn. I, the black belt he's where he wears in classes is a black belt that I used to wear. I gave it to him the day I promoted him. Damn, what a feeling. I just got goosebumps. The black belt I wore for the first uh, six years I was a black belt. Damn. Probably has a few thousand classes on it. And you never watch adults? Never. 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 Yeah. I've seen a tag on one. It said, like, you never watch this. Mm -hmm. It's got the blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. And then, of course, course you've for any tradition, you got the haters, right? Yeah. You you filthy motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. Man, shut the fuck up. (laughs) All right? 17 years on the mat. Never had ringworm on my belly button. Like, never had a belt give me any type of germ issue. Um, I think people just, people can find, like, to be on the opposite side of any idea. Just to, just for of the course. sake of arguing. Do we know we should wash clothes? I think so. Yeah. It's fair to say we know that. Yeah. You're in 22? <laughs> it's, it's also fair to say that, you know, if I decide that I'm never going to wash this belt, and somehow it just never stinks that bad, then I guess it's okay, too. Yeah. You know, like, sometimes I'll leave my belts in the sun. Yeah. You know, I'll do that. I'll come home from a class. I'll just throw it on the back of the car until it dries. Yeah. Like, hang it off the bike till it dries. UV kills germs. Exactly. Come on. And, like, I've never, like, you can always tell when guys wash their belts. Yeah. Like, yeah, a guy's been like a, guy's been like a brown belt for, like, six months, and his belt's all, like, frayed and weeded. Like, bro, you didn't train that hard. <laughs> you watch that shit. You like watched twenty it. times. <laughs> so typical. Oh, is it just? A, is it a flex? Yeah. Oh, t- it's totally a flex. Oh, yeah, look f- how fucked up my belt is. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. That's how hard I go. It spends more time in the dryer than it does on the mat. Of course, it, of course it's fucked up, dude. I really enjoyed today's session because yeah. after we did the walk, I don't want to call it a walkthrough, but more like a, 
would you seminar? No, uh, well, it's just, kind of, I just exercise, kind of, like yeah. a training exercise yeah. on on risk control, which was fucking awesome. The dude I was partnered up with, Colton, which I have like, my baby brother. His name's Colton, oh. and <laughs> and he's bigger than me too. And I'm like, <laughs> my little brother's bigger than me too. Yeah, and uh, the dude was just super rad. With like, and he gave me like situationally, like he shoved me and then went for his pants. Yeah, and then like we were doing straight risk control where you put. Somebody puts their hand, like a drunk dude puts their hand on your shoulder. And, like, he would give me, like, the sho- like, like the shoving into it. Well, I was like, oh. Like how this it's like- really going to happen. Right. right. So that was super rad. And then we fucking trained in five-minute intervals. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, everyone else trained. I got smoked for five minutes at a time. <laughs> and I took a couple breaks because hey, your boy needed it. You didn't have to roll with everybody in the room. I did. <laughs> I rolled. I didn't roll with the mom-daughter combo. Oh, and I don't think I rolled with Eric either. I didn't roll well, with Eric I, or Nate. Well, initially, we were only going to do five rounds. Right. And then, like, after, like, the second round, I was, like, in my head. I was, like, oh, fuck. I should roll with everybody. You should. And so I was, like, so then I, like, did, like, a couple more rounds, and I was looking at the time, and I was, like, how I just tapped out Eric, and I was, like, you know what? I'm going to split these up. So I, was, like, dumped him, grabbed Jason, went with him, then I went with Nate, and then I went with you last. Right? Yeah. I got I got <laughs> dead la- I got the scraps, and I still got. Dude. <laughs> so I'm training with Brandon, and. I don't know what the fuck was going on, but I, he was on his back and I was trying to get side control and I had my arm across his body and he trapped my hand in his (laughs) armpit upside down and then flexed his hips up and almost broke my goddamn elbow. (laughs) And then, and then we switch up and I'm on my back and this motherfucker just choked me. (laughs) Like hands around my neck, choked me. I was like, oh, this is jujitsu. That's old school school jujitsu. Don't turn this rape into a murder. Yeah. Oh man, I got I tapped like three times in two two and a half minutes. It was a good time. But what I liked about it most is like so I rode with Wills, rode with Colton, and then other gentlemen, Jason, Jason, yeah, that looks like an extra in a John Wick movie. Yes, yes, and uh, they like every time before we started, they're like, "All right, well, like, where are you at skill level?" I'm like, uh, "Let's just say I have no belt <laughs> and a little bit of high school wrestling, a little bit of McMap." And they're like, okay, cool. And, like, they would walk me through when I'm, like, I would get stuck. I always get stuck because I don't know what the fucking do next. And they're like, all right, check this out. Give this a try. Or they would, like, watch me struggle. And then when I finally would just wear out, they'd be like, okay, check it out. When you're in this position, you roll. Like, the big one was uh, when somebody has your back rolling into them. Mm-hmm. Will's taught me that. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. That's if you can, If someone gets on your back and you can stay calm. You can control the over the overarm, the choking arm, right? Mm-hmm. You control that arm, and then you and then you go into it and start looking at the ceiling, walking your feet away. You should be fine. Yeah, just be patient. Don't let go of that arm. Don't let go of the arm. <laughs> and then the the what I was struggling to do is fight the hooks that were set in. Yeah, God, and never chase the hooks with your hands. So here's Dude. what I, here's what I tell even little kids: my hips are to escape, my hands are to protect myself. I can escape over and over. I only get to tap once. Oof. So two hands on the neck all the time. Yeah. Never chase the hooks with your hands. So you just arch your hips out? You uh, Basically, you try to get your hips facing the ceiling, and then you walk away. So, huh. so if we're both like this, and I come off to the side, and I just start walking and looking at the ceiling, as I walk away, I'm going to start to fall off of you. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then I look over that shoulder, and I start looking at you. And as I do that, I start to turn my hips towards you. Now... There'll be a point where one of us has to make a move. Either me from the bottom, I've turned my hips enough towards you where I can come up to the top, maybe inside the guard. Mm-hmm. Or you recognize you're about to lose the position, you shoot up to the mount. Oh. 
my job when you take my back is to create that scramble and then win that scramble. If I do, I escape. If not, I'm mounted. So it's more, it, I'm, I'm definitely vested in winning that scramble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it's just going to – another thing Jason told me, he was like, dude, it's going to take you two years. It's going to take you one year of just getting your ass beat <laughs> every single day until you finally have the wind to yeah. go through with it. And then year two is when you'll learn how to finish what finish taking position. Yeah, Jason and I met at the same gym Nate and I met right down the street at the EOS. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jason was a total gym bro. Um, he, he's struggled with his weight his whole life, like up, down, up, down. At this point, he had dieted and done like bro splits all the way down to like 175 pounds. Damn. He walks up to me one day. After you know, you know when you go to the gym for a while, you you know people and then you just nod at each other. Hey, morning, what's yeah. up, dude? Maybe chat a little bit between sets. Yeah, it was like that. And or you got one more or something like that. And then one day he would have just walked up and he's like, "Hey, you're really strong for not being a really big man. Could I work out with you?" I was like, "Wow." Um, I'll never <laughs> forget what I think. I'll listen to this too. I'll, I'll, I remember I looked at him and go, "Yeah, as long as one thing is clear, you're working out with me. I'm not working out with you." what I mean by that is I'm not going to change my workouts, the time I work out, the days I work out for you. If you want to work out with me, here's when I'm going to be here, and you're going to do what I do. If you don't like it, that's go with mine. But I work out by myself for a reason. And that's then it was me and Jason. And Jason, and that's when I was really getting into powerlifting. Um, before they opened that the OTW, all track, we yeah. were all training EOS. And, uh, and, so, and I met Nate there um, on the deadlift platform. Same thing. Like, at that point, Nate was bench pressing without touching his chest, the bar to his chest, like, doing, like, half rep bench presses. Like, <laughs> going, look at me. I can bench press 205. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> like, one, it's got to go to your chest. Then it's got to stop. Then you got to press it. And your butt has to stay on the bench. That's a bench press. Why Why do you say that? I've noticed that. Like, cause I actually started doing it where I arch my back. Mm-hmm. But my, my cheeks stay on the bench. Yeah. So, in powerlifting, so in a competition bench, you ha- your butt must stay on the bench. Um, you can arch. The bar has to come down and touch your chest. Stop. And then you press it. So oh. every powerlifting rep is a pause rep. In fact, you'll wait for the judge to tell you to press. Yeah. Okay, press, boom, then rack it. If your butt comes up, it's a fail. If the bar, a lot of people don't know this about powerlifting. If the bar stops going up and comes back down, it's a fail. Oh wow! You have to press linear all the way to uh, all the way to lockout. Have you competitively competed? No, I was prepping for when COVID happened. Fuck. Yeah, I've done a bunch of mock meets, like days where we've been like, okay, we're doing a meet. So, you, so at, at a traditional powerlifting meet, you get like three tries, squat, bench, and deadlift. So, you know, basically you set one. That for me, I would always be like, okay, the first one's going to be one that's for sure. So something that is heavy. Like one thousand percent gets like maybe like ninety percent of my one rep max, mm-hmm. and then number two will be like the one I'm going for, like what I was hoping to get that day. Number three is let's fucking go. <laughs> like you, get, you got what you wanted. Now let's get some extra credit. Ah. You know, it's like in Maverick when he's trying to get the ten point three, not uh, mock mock ten point three. Yeah, After he's already at mock ten. He got what he wanted. A little bit more. Let's go a little bit more, you know. That's and then you, you blow the plane. That's where you usually get fucked up. And there's the spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I love powerlifting. I really did. In fact, I was just telling Jason, I'm like, I got to get back into shape because um, I'm 
really, I'm like a hundred, I'm under 160 right now. I weigh really? about 157, 158 pounds. You've also had a lot going on yeah. the last fucking four months. Yeah. So I, I would, ra- I like to walk around in like the, the low 180s. Sheesh. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good weight for me where I feel like I can train as hard as I want on the mat not, with anybody and not get hurt. Like the big guys, I don't have to manage the space like I do now. Yeah. Like even you, I'm managing. I'm not letting you get on top of me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm never, I never let anybody that bit like, as, as heavy as you like set themselves on top of me. <laughs> I've, I've found, I've, I've figured yeah. that trick so out. Constantly using my butterfly guard, push you oh, off yeah. me, get you off me, get you off me. As soon as you make space, I get out of there. Yeah. You know, like I said to you, like on the bottom, we're trying to make space. On the top, we're trying to make pressure. I, 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 <laughs> I forget sometimes that like I'm 230 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I fucking laid that weight on some people today. And they were like, all right. And I, same thing. I tell this, I'll tell the big guys, I'm like, don't lighten up. Like he's not going to slow down. This, the fast guy is not going to slow down. The explosive guy is not going to get less explosive because you don't, aren't as explosive as they are. Yeah. So if you're big, use, I tell Jason that all the time, you know, now Jason's, He's lighter now. I think he's 230, 232, between 230. He got all the way up to 270 um, after COVID. That's what happened to me. Yeah. I was, well, I, I got sober, got in a healthy relationship, and then a pandemic came. Yeah. It was like a tr- like triple a, threat. <laughs> triple threat of. And of, taco shops didn't close down. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, How's Florida, man? Florida's cool. Yeah. I love the two-lane life in Florida, man. Yeah. I lo- we live in a town. We live like, in a town. I live in like I tell people it's like Ramona, except for it's a straight shot. Like it's not a curvy mountain road to Ram- to St. Cloud, Florida. It's a damn straight line from the last Atlanta. town. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know we don't have any mountains there. Which I mean, it's a trade off. Uh, the uh, the riding there is is great, but it's different, right? Like there's not a lot of heavy curves. Like it's not a lot of technical riding, but there's just miles of nothing, you know. Like I love going like five minutes from my house and like seeing nothing but cows and horses for thirty miles. That's sick, you know. Um, I love being able to go from. I heard the coastal riding is really good yeah, too. I love being able to go like from my house to Cocoa Beach without getting on a highway. That's pretty rad. It's like fifty miles away. Is it? Yeah, yeah. And no stoplights, just two lane. One once I get on the two lane road. On the other side of St. Cloud, all the way to Cocoa Beach, two lanes. You go all the way, you make one right-hand turn to go west or to go east, and then boom, you're in Cocoa. Damn. Yeah, super cool. That is rad. And what's the wife doing out there? She uh, took she picked up a new gig, right? Yeah, that's one of the main reasons we went out there. She right. works for a she works for an IT company. Um, they sell. They do. They have like a whole. They have a whole bunch of different like things they sell as far as communication. They're like, I wouldn't even call them an IT company, I would call them a communications company um, because they used to just do IT and now they branch off to radio and things like that. So right now she's learning about this new radio technology that is rolling out to like fire and first responders. Mm-hmm. And then she's selling it. So she was just at a fire chief's conference in Oklahoma last month, like glad handing and kind of like meeting some people. And then she, they wanted to go to Reno I think next month or the month after for like a sales conference and <clears throat> there's this uh basically like her job is to like sell this new radio technology to them and then obviously that's a finite market because there's only so many people that need it and then she'll move back towards uh they sell a lot of uh it uh support to the reses okay so they'll come to a res let's just say they go to a res and they're like yo 
you guys don't have any cell phone towers. You don't have any infrastructure. You don't have any Wi-Fi. Fill this out. It's a government grant. We're going to help you apply for it. And then when you get it, you're going to contract us <laughs> to come in, build the towers, set up the servers and the network, and then pay us to manage it for you. So that's kind of like what they're doing. Is there a lot of... And she's in on the like ground floor. Is there a lot of natives in Florida? No, most of their most of their work is outside of Florida. It's mostly in the Midwest. Makes sense. Like Oklahoma, um, South Dakota, South North yeah. Dakota. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's mostly all in the Midwest. So they just happen to move their base of operations to Florida, and so they just offered to move us as part of the uh, incentive package. So hey. it's fortuitous, like things happen for a reason, kind of thing. I I, <clears throat> I stopped like believing that I have as much control over what's going to happen to me a long time ago. And it's part of the reason I live my life the way I do. Uh, my wife it makes my wife nervous, but I tell her all the time that God favors me. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, well, this and this, and like, she'll start bringing up bad things that have happened. And then I'll just, pers- I'll just turn the, I'll just start filling that glass up with water. <laughs> I will. I'll just be like, yeah, but this happened. That happened. Yeah. This happened. That happened. Every time it's been super dark, like super dark. We've been together 18 years. And every time our lifestyle's gotten dark and I've been scared, I can, I've always just been able to go, it's going to be okay. And it always is. I needed to hear that. It always is, man. It's, and I say, I'm like, God, and I'm not a Christian. God favors me. God favors, because if he didn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. I just wouldn't be here. I'm already, I've already wildly been more successful than I was ever supposed to be. Wildly more could die tomorrow and i've outkicked my coverage of the life i was supposed to have based on the circumstances of my childhood so if god doesn't favor me then i'm just the luckiest son of a bitch in the world <laughs> you know so and, and like i said although i'm not a christian I'm, i have a lot there's a lot of faith in my life and i talk to god every day and uh i'm grateful every day even when i'm having a shitty day i in fact when my days are shitty is sometimes when i'm the most grateful yeah, because I can go. This will pass. Cause God, cause God favors me. You can't appreciate the the mountaintop without the valley. Definitely not, dude. And that was a key part, and like key part of why I could never stay fucking sober for the longest time is because of the God part. Right. Like I had to when it was finally explained to me, I was like, how fucking self centered of you to think that you are responsible for how far you've come. Right. Like all the fucked up shit you've done, all the shitty situations you've put yourself in, you think you got you out of that? It's like, take a little humility, bro. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's where, because I'm not a Christian either, and I definitely believe in a power greater than myself, because how fucking self-centered to think that I'm fucking responsible. You know what I mean? Like, And, you know, you'll have the atheists of the crowd being like, listen, we're just animals and this and that. I'm like, okay. That works for you. Okay. Um, I, I feel bad for them. Uh, they just have shitty days. Well, if I don't feel, if I didn't feel God, I probably would be one. Sheesh. But I've been looking, I've been looking my whole life, and I've found, I feel that feeling when I, when I use different, you know, when I read some some religious texts. There's a specific religious text where I feel God, and there's ones where I feel none at all. And the Bible is the one where I don't see or feel God at all. I've never been in a Christian church, and I've been to all of them. I do not see God there. You know what I see? I see men trying to buy their way into heaven. Or pushing their will. The last time I was in a church, I sat around. I was at a funeral. 
And I looked around and I couldn't help but think to myself, how many people could this church feed if it wasn't so beautiful? Wow. Damn. You know, how many artifacts are in the Vatican that are priceless? How many people could that feed? Why is it that important to hang on to, you know, animate objects if we're all going up anyway? Right. How important is it? Isn't it more important to take care of each other? You know what I mean? So it, it's man, it's corruption, whether it's thousand percent. whether it's religion or government, right? It doesn't matter because if you give a human being power, eventually it will corrupt them. And that's just, unfortunately, it's the worst part of human nature. It kind of makes sense for you. That literally makes sense for you. You've had power and you just willfully give it away. Yep. It's like, I've had a taste of this. This has been nice. <laughs> Yeah, I've dude, the Bible's been rewritten so many times. Exactly. Like Constantine, well, King James, and if you, King Edward. And, and the funny thing is if you actually look and go into, like, not even switch versions of the Bible, but there's contradictions in the text page for page. Like, you can look up, and I hate doing that. I don't think that that's a va- necessarily valid argu- argument against Christianity. Um, a lot of Muslims do that. They'll go, and that's the way they'll kind of be like, look, like, Here's why, here's why I follow Islam. It's because one of the reasons is because of the massive inconsistencies in the Bible. And they'll literally show you in this part, it says so-and-so is this old. In this part, it says so-and-so is this old. Which one is he? In this part, it says he dies this way. In this part, he says he dies this way. Which one is it? What I think that proves is what you just said. It's man's version of something, which has been rewritten over and over and over again. So it can't possibly... Be the, word, be the word of God. Right. It can't possibly be that, you know? So I get that part of the argument. I just hate the, the tit for tat. Yeah. Just like in politics, the tit for tat. Like, oh. oh, you said this, so I must say that, or else I'm not making an argument. Like, I can shit on anybody's argument, but that will never get them to listen to me. Ever. It's hard enough to get them to listen to me when I'm not shitting on their argument. We're going to get into the politics, but I'm going to continue with the religion because okay. I like this. <laughs> I feel like it it was a written at a time where we needed a great basis for morality, and it started with the best of intentions, but like you said, it's been corrupted. Mm-hmm. And like I've read out of the Torah, I've read out of the Quran, like people, and the irony of like Christians versus Muslims, like y'all are just, it, it's most of the Muslims I've ever met and had conversations with are some of the most moral, decent fucking people in the world. Have the highest standards of morality. That's why Khabib Nurmagomedov yeah. is the best MMA was the best MMA fighter ever, and that's why you're seeing a huge Russian invasion and Eastern European invasion into pro MMA. It's because they're all true believer Muslims. If you live that life, all you're doing is training, praying, eating sleeping that's it yeah how can you not be the best right unless you're getting not unless you're not getting good training and i'm pretty sure the russians are decent they're, decent combat athletes yeah right? they're pretty decent you know what i mean so that's literally I, I i definitely um his faith i think played a huge part in how great he was in his career and while you're seeing so many other muslim fighters really starting to take over you know like uh, Ch- uh hazmat uh Chimaev, like same thing same camp right no not the same camp he actually lives in sweden oh but, so why do you he's, think he, he's a Chechenian Swede? And he's, a, and he's Chechenian. Whenever I hear that, I just think 
gun for hire. Right. Or just like, oh, he probably like ate rocks as a kid for dinner <laughs> and like knows what it feels like to suffer. Right. Right. So I'm going to have to kill him to get him out of the cage. <laughs> you know, like he might have shot an AK-47 before. Oh, not, at a, a, not at a range. Not at a range. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in defense of his land. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like I definitely um, attest their faith. And when they and like I said, the true believer. Because I mean, you'll have the you'll have those guys, and then you'll have Muslims who come to this country, and it in in some in Shahir law, Sharia, Sharia, Sharia law, Sharia law, as she just called Sharia because Sharia means law. Um, but anyway, they'll come here, and because they're not in a Muslim country, they'll it's like a, a get out of jail free card. So you'll see them at the strip clubs, <laughs> you'll see them like shitting all over um, American women because they're not Muslim women. It's another way is to get out. Well, you're Loophole. Not, you're not. You're not Muslim, so I can treat you any way I want because you're. You're not. You know. You're not going to heaven anyway. <laughs> and that's literally the way that they justify their bad behavior. You know, and you know the the uh, the sheikhs don't the legit sheikhs. Of course, they don't agree with any of that behavior, but they know what happens. Just like um, uh, the temporary marriages that they do a lot in in the Middle East, so people can have sex. What? Yeah, so there's a whole scam in the Middle East where people will literally get married so they can have sex with someone and then they'll get divorced from them right away. Because there's divorce in, in, in the Quran. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know There's that. a lot of rules in Islam. Yeah. Um, a lot. And and to be honest with you, the Quran is a place where I feel God. Really? Yes, absolutely. Um, the interpretations of the Quran. It's is just like Christianity. Absolutely. Absolutely. The only difference would be that um, there's only been one version of the Quran. True. Um. And, and I think, and do I think, so do I think if I eat pig that God's not going not, to, God's not going to welcome me? That sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Right? It sounds ridiculous. Yeah. I, I truly believe that God, even if Allah is God, he knows everything. That's in the Quran. He knows it all. He knows what we're about to say before we say it. All those things. So how could he po not possibly know what's in my heart and what's in your heart? Is that, and my God, that's what they care about. They care about what's in someone's heart and in their soul, and they know it. You know, it's it's when I really took a hard turn from judging other people and their bad behaviors, and I literally just keep saying the same thing over and over. When I find myself slipping back into that behavior, I'll go, they're going to have to talk to God someday about that. Yeah. Like, not my problem, not my job. Right. Let me just remove myself. From the, I had a falling not out. Not my with, monkey, not my circus. Yeah, I had, a, I had a falling out with someone that was really, really close to me last year, like really close to me, like somebody I consider like almost a brother. And uh, after that happened, I was I was really really angry, and really like just just typical like well, fuck that guy and he's this 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 and this and one day I was just like you know what oh and he's a big devout Christian too by the way oh he's gonna I was like he's gonna have to talk to God about that one day and God will know <laughs> can't lie you don't get he to know lie. your heart he knows your heart so I'll see you when I get there yeah. or not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just the big thing with organized religion is, especially let's talk top three Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. There's so many similarities. Absolutely. Like, there's a prophet, there's a God, yeah. there's a, well, the second coming. Well, here's the thing um, Islam believed that Jesus was a prophet. Yeah. You know, 100%. He existed, he was a prophet. Was a prophet. They talk about it. And him. he was talking about the same things Muhammad was. Yeah. It's been corrupted. By man, that's all. That's all the. That's all. All that the Muslims are saying. They're not saying that Christ wasn't. A, wasn't. They're saying he wasn't the son of God. That's what they're saying. Yeah, they're saying he was a prophet of from God. 
Muhammad was the last prophet. That's the difference, you know? And the Jews, they don't believe any of that shit. No. Like, Their prophet hasn't come You down. guys are all going to hell anyway. Yeah, and you so, can't be part of this. And, and you're not the chosen ones, yeah. so fuck off. That's probably one of my favorite <laughs> jokes out of uh, Knocked Up. <laughs> where they're the J, they're like, yeah, you were chosen for a reason, yeah. bitch. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah, Judaism is a, some of it, I, I don't know a lot about the it. The was hard to get through. It, it was I real didn't, hard to I get through. I, wrote the whole, I read the whole goddamn thing. I've read pieces <laughs> that have been just given to me. Yeah. But, <sighs> very hated group. <laughs> very hated group. Well, you know, yeah, this might get me in trouble, but... Hated. Um, Want to know why I don't support Israel? I don't support Israel. You, so you're in favor of uh, free Palestine? 100%. Okay. Because here's the thing. I believe that the Jews use the Holocaust as the world's biggest guilt trip to steal someone else's land. People were there, man. What's the difference between Israel and uh, uh Taking the Native Americans' land right here. What's the difference? Guilt? Because someone in another country did something horrible? Give them, give them Berlin. Yeah. You know, give them Auschwitz. Give them that entire country. But why do they get to go, well, we were almost eradicated by one of the most evil people to ever walk the face of the earth. I want to steal land from people 10,000 miles away because... That's where someone said we were supposed to be. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, and I, I, I can't co-sign that. I can't co-sign, like, the one-way media that, barrage that you see, this one-sided argument that, you know, unfortunately, you know, extremism has not done Islam any favors. No. You know, it's really painted a really poor picture. And peop- too many people immediately associate it with a terrorist. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's these... You know, for people that don't know, for Americans listening to this don't know, the Palestinian people are basically, you know... On one side of the river. On one side of a river, were pushed over there, and are like, just like, all right, just leave us here and leave us alone. You know, we're not happy that you're there. You're not happy that we're here. But every time you hear about something happening in Israel from Palestine, it's never a one-way street. It's going both ways. Right. You know, and on top of that, it's an extreme arm of Palestine. Versus an ex- the extreme government of Israel. Yeah. All supported by American money. They're all not, of it. They're not Both there. sides. They're not there without us. No. No. And and Palestine's not armed without us. Nope. It, it's just a merry-go-round that we put money in and we hide behind God to try to make thing to make our all of our arguments seem valid. You know, when God doesn't want any of this for us. No. You know, I, I had a theory years ago, and it still holds water, that... Maybe God's plan was to create more than one religion because he figured if there was more than one person worshiping in more than one way, maybe more people would come to God and live a better life. Damn. Right? And now he sees like, oh my gosh, here here I, I help them create this way to, to, to show me how much they love me. And now they're using it to, to subjugate one another. A know? thousand percent. Like, it's a weapon now. Yeah. Religion is what I mean. Christians been Christianity has been, they've been killing for Christian God, for, killing for Christ since the beginning, of, <laughs> since, since Christ. Right? You know what I mean? Like ravaging countries and forcing people to believe in their God when they had their own God in the first place. Maybe that was God's plan the whole time. Like, hey man, that, they got their God. They don't. 
Don't worry. Yeah. It'll be okay. <laughs> you know, so I've been to Indonesia, and that's a wi- widely Hindi country as well as Muslim country. And, like, where did it, like, I, I was so close to blasting the whole front of my leg with Ganesh. <laughs> uh, and uh, on top of Ganesh was, uh, I forgot, it was, like, the, the god of death. Mm-hmm. It was so rad. <laughs> Thank God I got way too drunk and couldn't make the tattoo appointment. It would hurt so fucking bad. Yeah, so my wife is um my wife is a quarter Indonesian. Really? Yeah. She uh her dad is first generation American. Her grandparents immigrated here after World War Two. Super interesting story. So to El Cajon. Hey. She's El Cajon native. Second third second generation born, third generation Von Mao of El Cajon. Um house right down the street from the yoga mill. So uh they came here. So her grandpa is, was like 25 years older than her grandma. So he left to go fight World War II, left his village in Indonesia. And he had a wife and he had two kids. He came back to a flat house in a dead family. Damn. Like 10 years later, he met and married um, Sierra's uh, uh, grandma. And they immigrated here. And bought a house, built a life, had two more kids, one being her dad, one being her aunt. Named their son, the same son, same name as his son that died. And uh, just like literally the American, like built the American dream. And then he passed. He unfortunately committed suicide um, the same day Kurt Cobain did. What? Yeah. yeah. Did you just have some... Same exact way. They have some stress going on? He was, I want to say he was in his 80s when it happened. Oof. He just had his driver's license taken away. And they think that that's kind of was it for him. The tipping point. Yeah, he's like, I just can't. I'm not a man anymore type thing. Uh. I believe. And then Oma, God, what a woman she was. We lost her. (sighs) 20... Everything is jujitsu. I'm like, what rank was I? I was <laughs> 2013, I think we lost her. She was an amazing woman. She was she was a little Asian old lady. In her nineties. Uh she was not yeah, I want to say she was ninety two when she passed. Something like that. But uh I'll never forget like going out to meet her. Like we were living in, you know, I was in PB then, coming out to Oma's house out here in El Cajon by the yogurt mill and walking in and just typical, typical Asian Asian woman like oh you take hungry? your shoes off no you hungry i make for you <laughs> what, what, what i can make for you and then i would always be like oh no thanks oh mom i'm not hungry i just ate and she would be like he never eats, he never <laughs> eats. she make i make pancakes for you <laughs> and she was hooked on the home shopping network really we one year one year we went there for thanksgiving and she bought a turkey off the home shopping network oh but it was like the compressed meat so it was like a log Oh God! It was just like super salty, like spam turkey. <laughs> that, was our, that was our Thanksgiving dinner. All right, Oma, uh, shoot it. She was a hell of a lady, um, and uh, I'm really stoked that uh, my kids got a chance to. Or my oldest, definitely um, Cameron, my youngest. She she remembers her, but not that much. But Jordan, my oldest, she's going to be 17 this year. She remembers Oma, her great grandma, a lot. Hell yeah! She really, yeah, she really loved her. My great grandparents, I remember them too, and they were just they were up there in age, and like they were they would have been 
pre-baby boomer. Right. Like, I think great-grandpa fought in World War Two. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And, uh, fuck, I'm glad I have those memories. Yeah, you know for I mean? sure. Like, the memories I have of my grandfather on my mom's side are, like, some of my only good childhood memories. Like, when I think back to the stuff I want to smile about, my grandpa's always there. Same with my, my mom's dad. Like, because my dad's dad died of lung cancer, and all I remember, he was, like, he was like off the boat German mm-hmm. and it was always Rouse get out of my kitchen. Like <laughs> gnarly dude. And like he would I just remember him being this like uh like uh what a, what's the stoic angry dude. And like he died of lung cancer and then same with my dad's mom died of cancer. But I remember Nana. Can't ever forget good old New England Nana. <laughs> but uh my my mom's dad was like and still, he was a volunteer firefighter for 45 years, and I set my mom's dealership on fire twice, and I've never felt like I let anyone down quite like that. And, like, we went out to dinner. We were supposed to go out to dinner after I did this oh, the Jesus. second time, and he's like, I don't even know if I love you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an old-school thing to yeah. say. <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I I know I love you, but I definitely don't like you. My uh, my mom's, my dad's dad passed before I was born. Yeah. I never got to know him, but... uh. My mom's dad, um, we lived with him for a while when I was a kid in New Hampshire. And, in the uh, cabin. Yeah. Well, no, uh, that uh, that was after. Yeah, that was after. That was our first place after we lived with Grandpa. But that was only a two-bedroom house at my Grandpa's house. And uh, me, my mom, and my two sisters all shared one room. <sighs> Slept on an army cot in the, in the corner. But he also had horses. He, he, he had show horses. That was his hobby. He's a truck driver. Um, and he showed Palominos. So, you know, in the fall, he would go to hit the fair circuit. But learned how to ride. Um, Can you still ride? Oh yeah. Oh. Oh. She wants. Sierra wants a horse in Florida. She'll probably get one in the next couple of years. <sighs> can't see why not. We're looking to build. So I got motorcycles. Why can't she have a horse? Yeah. Fuck it. Right. She makes her happy. But uh, one of my fondest memories of riding in the because he had a barn with a corral and like you could do like hot laps around the corral. On the backside of the corral, there was a tree that overhung. The the uh, the corral and I just watched Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I, was, <laughs> I love where this is going. I was I was riding I was riding one of the horses and as I came around the corner I kept seeing the branch as it hung off the thing and I kept thinking I bet I can I bet I can catch that and like hang off of it like Indiana Jones does like right. So I tried it. <laughs> I fucking decapitated myself. I clotheslined myself off the horse. <laughs> and so as she comes back around the corner, she just, my grandpa just sees I'm not on the horse anymore. And so he immediately blames the horse. And he like grabs her by the bridle and like, like starts walking her back around. And like, I'm like getting up and he's like yelling at her and he has like a super thick accent. And I'm just like, I'm like, grandpa, no, she like, I, and he like looked at me. He's like, what'd you do? <laughs> I, like, I thought I could And he just looked at me And just shook his head He's like You idiot Go I think he made me go Scoop all the horse shit out of the stalls <laughs> He let me ride a horse For like a month <laughs> uh, But yeah And what's funny is uh, Even though I didn't know My granddad On my dad's side uh, They had horses On that side too um, This is where like My love for I think racing comes in uh, They har- did harness racing You know You're from the east coast You know what mm-hmm. that is So yeah They were, they were buggy racers God. Which is super dangerous. Yeah. It's probably it's much they more dangerous. They tip and flip and blow up. So for you guys that don't know, it's like, think of like chariots in Rome, except for instead of standing up, you're sitting down. Yeah. 
on like a rickety ass you're wagon. It's called buggy racing because it's like a half a wagon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like two wagon wheels and a seat. Yeah. And uh, my dad actually uh, ruptured his spleen uh, buggy racing, and that's why he didn't fight in Vietnam. Damn. Yeah, but uh, my grandpa and my dad, my uncle, like they, everybody did it. I had they, you know, had my dad not been a degenerate drunk, I probably would have ended up buggy racing myself. Damn. But uh, I ended up street racing instead. Hey. Drag racing. What, what cars did you have growing up? Uh, I was a Volkswagen uh, water-cooled head. When I really? First, yeah. So when I got to San Diego in 93, I think I bought my first Volkswagen in like 95, 94, 95. I had a Volkswagen GTI, and then I got a Volkswagen Corrado. Don't remember that one. So remember the Scirocco? Nope. Okay. So it is, the Corrado was uh, Volkswagen's uh, sports car. It's a hatchback sports car. The first version was a 1.8 liter, eight valve, supercharged Damn. car. And the second version was a VR6. Okay. It was the first car the VR6 was ever offered in. So I never had a VR6 Corrado. I had three or four of them. The last one I had was a, the, the supercharged one was called a G60 because that was named the supercharger. And I had that, swapped it to a turbo, swapped it back to a super, swapped it to a different kind of supercharger. And swapped it back to a turbo. Why were you swapping into a turbo from a supercharger? Uh, because you could you could make a, Way more a power. lot more power. Oh, a lot more power. So what would happen with the? We used to call it the G sixty. We used to call it the Grenade sixty because <laughs> that's what they would do. Because here's how you build. Uh, you make more boost on a supercharger. You change a pulley. Yeah, pulley. You know, the smaller belt. pulley, bigger Small, pulley. Yeah, pulley turns faster, creates more boost. Right. Well. You could only go so far, then that pulley would the pulley would go too fast, and the entire supercharger would, would grenade, and explode. <laughs> right? So you were constantly like trying to have like a, an extra one, and then like you would get them rebuilt all the time. There were several guys like all up and down the West Coast that were rebuilding them. Um, so you'd always have to keep a spare somewhere, and they were like fifteen hundred dollars to get a hold of one. And fifteen hundred dollars in ninety four was a lot. Of money. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up building. Um, I had a bunch of race cars, but the one that I that I was that I was the most proud of was I built this car that was this yellow Corrado um, with a carbon fiber hood, and I had what was called a Leishholm supercharger in it. So a Leishholm is a twin screw supercharger. So a twin screw supercharger um, is. Oh, now it's fucking recording again. <laughs> this is wonderful. It's all good. Uh, we had a. I got some technical difficulties. I'm one guy. I'm trying to figure it out. But we had some some fucking issues. But now they're fixed. All right. We are recording. We were talking about cars. You had a sick ass Les Lice. Leishholm. Leishholm. Yeah, from uh from Europe. You had a sick ass Leishholm supercharger. I did. It Sierra's X. That's right. So she was dating a guy when I used to show up at the street races all the time. We did not know each other yet. But he literally used to point at and like talk about my car. It's fucking up. Yep. <laughs> Colossal fuck up. Number four. God damn it. Truth be told, you had a sick ass car and you got the girl. <laughs> you, Let's move on. You sold the car to buyer and I did. I sold that. The whole premise of that story was to build up to the fact that I built an amazing car that I absolutely loved with my bare goddamn hands. <laughs> and I, I did. Uh, I was super fortunate in that whole time that I was racing to come across a guy who owned his own shop right down the street from where we were today in Point Loma. 
Or maybe we just start doing it here and it works. Yeah, it's working. I just deleted a shit ton of files off my computer. <laughs> I hope it doesn't crash. But it's not telling me I'm running out of space. So let's get going before it does. Yeah, fuck them. You posted today. You're Angry American. I did. I did. I, the Angry American is my vlog. Yeah. It's on my <clears throat> it's on my regular social media. Big up 619. You should totally follow me. Totally um, follow me. Big up 619. Right. I believe I said on the first podcast I was on that, like, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I never have been. I was, and I was uh, at one point a registered libertarian. Um, oh. I still believe in a lot of the parts of the libertarian ideology, small government, um, personal responsibility, solving problems at its most local level. I think those are all great ideas. And honestly, I believe in the American idea, the Constitution. Um, I just think it's been completely, the idea has been completely corrupted by power. Private. Oh, private equity and interests. Exactly. So my that's video, my biggest problem with libertarianism. My my video today, um, basically, I take you know Roe versus Wade overturning. We talked about that a little bit offline, mm-hmm. and I just simply explain that when these corporations came out, you know, Google, Dicks, Sporting Goods, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, with their <clears throat> woke agenda of "Don't worry, ladies, we'll pay for your." For your abortion, even if the government outlaws it, will pay for your travel to a state where it's allowed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What a lot of people aren't understanding is those corporations don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about abortion. They don't give a fuck about reproductive rights. They care about their bottom line. And at the end of the day, they just want you to keep coming to their store or going to their website and buying their products. Because if not, they would take the billions of dollars with a B, like I said in my video, <laughs> that they spend lobbying Congress. Oh. And for those that are uneducated, the lobby is legal bribery of politicians. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. That's all they're doing is saying, I have a lot of money. I want a certain agenda, you know, in Congress. I want legi- I'm pushing legislation through. I want um, EPA you know, things to go my way, depending on what your yeah. industry is. I want to frack natural gas yeah. in a national park. Everyone's got one. Yeah. You know? Marijuana's got one. For sure. They have to. I have a relative who's a lobbyist. It's how you play the game. Yep. Now, I don't want to play the game anymore. That's where my politics kind of shifted. You know, for a long, long time, I, I thought of, you know, working inside the system. You know, fight the good fight. Get the people elected. You know, people, when they get elected, even the... Biggest, you know, doe-eyed congressmen that were like, I just want to change the world and make a better place. Like, they get to Congress, then they realize it's not about that. Nope. It, you got your seat at the table. Now Save you, your seat. Now you keep your seat at the table. Yep. How do you do that? With with corporate money. Yep. You know, corporations, the United States of America is a for-profit government, and they take their money from private from private interests. All oh, these fucking pricks. Did it stop again? It's running out of fucking room again. <laughs> oh my fucking God, Brandon. I'm fucking so sorry. It's I would okay. like to continue this conversation once I have this fucking figured That's out. Fine. We, we have a, quite a bit of stuff on here. We do. I feel like you have enough for a drop and then maybe we can we'll grab, jump on a phone call once you figure exactly. it out. Exactly. We we'll we'll do a part two. We will. Yeah. Part two, quick hour. Yeah. Knocked out. God damn it. This is right where we're getting fucking good yeah. too. We had a good my. conversation about religion though. We did. That was so solid. 
I fucking am so grateful that you're fucking coming to my life, man. Me too. I want to thank too. you. I want to thank you. Like, you guys inspire me. Like, I'm a big, a big you know, I, I live my life through my heart. You know, I don't make any bones about it. And like I said at dinner, I don't make any, I'll never feel bad about being an emotional person again. No one's ever going to make me uh, mask that to make them feel comfortable. You know, if me being myself and whether that makes me angry, happy, sad, you know, or whatever, if it makes you uncomfortable, I'm sorry. I'm not doing it to make you uncomfortable, but that's who I am. And I get to be who I want to be, just like you get to be who you want to be. As long as I'm not attacking your life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness, the fuck out of my way. And I'll stay the fuck out of yours. That's it. That's America. That's the America I want to live in. That's the America I want to live in. That's the America I thought that we were living in 50 years ago. You know, but it's been a slow, steady decline. Corporate interest. Corporate interest. 